Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo, and on this show, I interview changemakers, artists, healers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. And today, I have as my guest a spiritual teacher and business strategist, interesting combination, Steph Lagana. Welcome, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to hear about how you combine spiritual teachings and business strategy. They seem like they're on different parts of the spectrum, but I want to, I know you put it together. Yeah, absolutely. It's an alchemy and a fusion, and it trips a lot of people up, quite frankly, and it's my pleasure to talk about how it weaves together in a beautiful dance. So, why don't you speak about that? What do you like, how does this pull together? Yeah, so this isn't anywhere that I thought I would be. I think it's really important to start that way. I assumed at this point in my career, I would be in a windowless room and I'd be connected with other people in the national security complex doing what I did 10 years ago and helping to move the mission forward. And now I'm a coach and a spiritual teacher and it is exactly at the opposite end of the spectrum <laughs> that I expected myself to be in. Um, but it all makes sense and it really flows beautifully, but it came from um, some really intense challenges that were actually space-making events. So now I fuse the business knowledge that I gathered over 11 years working for the government, doing very big things in support of the military, and also take all of the intuitive insights and kind of awakenings that I've had working with my spiritual self and with the unseen and I weave them together and I help women find a place that's deep inside of themselves to source what they do in their business and to help them get their gifts out into the world. So it really does merge and mesh together in a gorgeous way. That's fantastic. Let's let's start with the backstory a little bit because that <laughs> is I mean not many of us, you know, in the entrepreneurial world think about someone coming to it from the military side. Yeah. And yet you worked there for 11 years. How did, what were you, well, I mean, it's it's military. You can't tell us really what's going on. A lot of it, no. A lot of it, no. So, but, but what was it about being in the military that you feel like you really gained? Mm. And what made you want to change? Sure, yeah. So I'll start kind of in the middle and then work my way on either side. Okay. Um, I was a civil servant. I worked for the government for 11 years and 11 days, and I did that in support of the military. So my entire career was supporting the military. I wasn't in the military, but I supported the military. And I had this incredible action orientation and this ability to digest reams and reams of data. What you don't realize when you see things that are on the news or conversations about hard policy decisions is that there's incredible complexity to so many of these challenges. They're not simple answers because they're not simple problems. And so I got used to being immersed in data and immersed in situations that seemed impossible. And I also cultivated my skills to come up with really nimble, um, elegant solutions. And that has translated really easily and beautifully into my experience as an entrepreneur. But in order for me to get here, I had to have what was effectively a, like a mind-body dissolution post-Afghanistan. So I had. Also, you were in Afghanistan. Yeah. How long were you there for? 
So it was six months, and I want to out myself because I normally say it was just six months, but what actually happened was that I was an empath in a war zone, mm -hmm. and that was incredibly challenging. And when I came back, when I was in it, I don't think I was even in my body. I was just working anywhere from 12 to 20 hours a day, and rocket attacks were a fact of life, and body armor was a part of my existence, and this is what you did. And when I came back, and people thought that I was in a vastly different space. I had a good friend of mine who was very well-intentioned, who essentially thought that I was in a Marriott in, in Afghanistan, like staying there in a hotel room. Um, it was really dislocating and disconnecting because everyone wanted something that was different from me. They wanted me to be the same person that I had been. They wanted me not to be sad because of my experiences. They wanted to catch me up on all of the fun things that they did while I was gone, that they didn't tell me because they were worried that they would make me jealous. Um, so it was a really intense experience because so much life, I felt like so much life had passed me by. Everything from songs that I listened to on the radio that I hadn't heard, that people said, oh yeah, that's the song that's on the radio, or like new commercials, that kind of thing. Um, so I came back and I kind of felt like my life fell apart. And what I know now for sure, connecting the dots, looking backward, is that it was this beautiful breakdown so that I could break through. In the midst of it, it was pretty bad. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow, that, that sounds almost surreal. Yeah, totally. To have had this very intense experience in a war zone, rocket attacks, body armor, mm. um, long, long hours that are exhausting. So you're really at the breaking point already then to come back and just feel like this, like, how do I fit in here? Mm -hmm. And people not really getting a sense, really, of what you had just gone through. Yeah, there, and there are so many stories and experiences that felt surreal, where it was almost like I, I wasn't sure if I was in my body while it was happening or if I was writing the story of this taking place. I'll tell you a brief story. I went, and um, when I went into Afghanistan, it was a very different way than most people go. I went on a commercial airline, which is abnormal. And as a part of that, I got picked up by a, um, an armored vehicle at the civilian airport in Kabul. And when I got picked up, there were these young men, soldiers, who picked me up, and um, a member of my agency, my employer, that picked me up. And they knew that I was nervous. They could tell I was carrying 60 pounds of body armor in a bag because commercial airlines don't like you to carry body armor on an airline. <laughs> <laughs> it's not done. <laughs> um, and, uh, and they said, you know, what kind of music do you like? And I thought, oh, uh, uh, I don't know. And so they put on Cyndi Lauper. Girls just want to have fun. And so this experience is beginning, you know, what I know will be a fundamental part of my evolution is beginning. And we're driving through the streets of Kabul, which looks like a war zone because in fact it was a war zone, is a war zone. And listening to Cindy Lauper, girls just want to have fun. And it was at that point that I thought, you know, this is going to take some time to process and I'm really going to need to look for the people that can hear this because this is bizarre. <laughs> So I imagine that when you were in this stage of, or chapter of your life, mm. that you weren't necessarily thinking about spiritual 
no. um, <laughs> ways of you know approaching your life. Where where did that start to come in? Oh my goodness. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't have any sort of upbringing that was related to God or a church or even intuition, like any sort of body-based practices to look inside of myself for some sort of personal truth. And and so it really was a part of my breakdown to break through, where I felt like I had come back from Afghanistan, and there were so many ways that people didn't see me for who I truly was or understand what I had understood, understand, they didn't get what I had gone through and there was no way for me to relate to them. And so that was really where I feel like my inner knowing started to emerge in that chaos and confusion, feeling really desperate for any kind of answers and any kind of healing that I could get because I, I was just, I was going through such a space of suffering in my body and in my mind. Yeah, so post-Afghanistan, maybe three or four months, I felt like there was some relief. And as a part of that, I started to experience some inkling of a relationship with God. Hmm. Do you have, was there like an experience that you, you know, that you point to that? Oh gosh. Was... There, there's probably like 10 or 20 different Ten or 20. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I jokingly um, look at with myself now is just how much I feel like God needs to speak to me in order for me to hear it. I think that there is this like opacity that comes from us in our modern lives. You know, like contemporary people have so much information and our lives are so full that for messages to come through, whether it's support or clarity, it has to be like a klaxon level five <laughs> for us to be getting the message. Um, yeah, there was probably 10 or 20 different experiences, but there's nothing right now that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. suffice to say that it became a guiding principle for you. Yes, absolutely. And I was guided in that I went and pursued my own healing through a coach training program. Mm. So ultimately what I used to heal was something that I now offer to other people. I went through a nine month part-time coach training program, which is also not something that I thought I would ever do. Um, there was a wild moment when I was on the call, the person whose training program it was, was fielding a question from one person who was saying, how do I know if this is something that I'm supposed to be doing or if I'm just really afraid and I need to get out of here? <laughs> and I thought, oh my God, this woman has my question. This is my, this is my question. This doesn't make any sense. I'm knee deep in the national security complex. I shouldn't be even considering expending any of my energy, which I hardly have on a coach training program. Um, and she did this guided visualization, which was all about walking on a diving board towards a swimming pool and she asked you know holding the decision in your belly in your chest does it feel like the water is clear when you open your mind's eye or is the water dirty like filled with sewage and for me the water was totally clear and I thought oh no I'm doing this <laughs> this is happening yeah so it really was that part was a spark for me that is very vivid in my mind that was definitely a part a fundamental part of the pivot so it sounds like they're like you were being drawn, but you had the brakes on for a while. So like, much. <laughs> and then so much. And then perhaps with this experience and others also that you surrendered to this new way yeah, it's of being theme. in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. It's a theme. Um, I think the phrase is let go or be dragged. And I was definitely <laughs> <laughs> let go or be dragged. Yeah, I was definitely dragged for a while. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. 
<laughs> wow. And but now, so how long did it take for you to like fully immerse yourself or jump into the pool or? Oh my goodness. Oh, wow. There, so I'm just remembering, I had an experience in the DC area. I had gone to a shamanism workshop. And so there were all different sorts of very mystical things that popped up and um, new age kind of things that piqued my curiosity, but in a way where I held it at arm's length. And I went to this two day workshop. And at the end of the first day, I had an experience that shocked me so much. This woman went on a shamanic journey for me and I for her, which is a series of drumming uh, that takes place that's intended to put you in a trance and you visualize going somewhere and coming back with a message. And what she told me shocked me so bad that I didn't go back the second day. And that was in the 2013 timeframe. So I would say somewhere into 2014, 2015, there was a transition. And I think I just, maybe I put on my snorkeling gear, but I just jumped all in. <laughs> mm-hmm. You had tested it. It sounds like you were really searching and trying yeah. out all kinds of things that hitherto were like out of your interest, but suddenly you were very curious about. Hmm. Yeah. And you hit a threshold. Yeah. Of like, oh, this is, because now it's like, this is so cool, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally, it's totally a part of my world. And I actually, I think that would be excellent guidance for anyone who's in a place that's searching is just to remember that there is like a whole series of experimentation that takes place that's so essential as a part of finding the thing. It's not as if you pull a curtain back and then there's this magical box and inside of the box is the answer. You might need to go behind three or 4,000 curtains and find the boxes and look inside. Um, for me, looking backward, the dots are really clear, but when I was in it, it was pretty chaotic. Yeah, that is great advice that to give yourself permission to be in the process. So much. And, and to know that it's, you're actually getting somewhere, even mm -hmm. though it may feel like you're not. Mm -hmm. Would you say that's? A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had some months like that. Uh, luckily, it's been like, you know, months rather than years. Although mm -hmm. I've had years like that too, in some sense, for sure. For sure. Mm. Yeah. I had a client that offered um, this visual. Um, and what he was saying was, instead of thinking of yourself as going in circles, to view it from the perspective of a different axis. And so to imagine that instead of going in circles, you're actually... You're going in circles, but you are moving upward. So you are spiral. spiraling upward. That's how yeah. I like it, too. Me, too. <laughs> yeah, so even though you're coming around, it's, you're always in a new place. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. New perspective, new dimension, new nuance. Yes. Totally. Yes. So how is it that you bring in this spiritual dimension to business strategy now? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's so strange. It's so peculiar. I never thought that I would be here. Um, so as a part of my own healing journey, I went through this space where I connected really deeply with what I felt like was the mystical heart of God and the divine. And I felt like I was able to discern my energetic allies, my divine support team. You know, if you believe in angels, this would be a good place to kind of substitute in those terms. I started to get this clarity that they were there and this very visceral sense of felt sense in my body that they're there and they were communicating with me and trying to offer me support and clarity and guidance, like go left, don't go right, you can do this. Um, and that was a really large part of my experience 
um, when I was going through my coach training and I felt like I was going through this awakening. So I had a lot of practice in that space before this merger took place because I was working part-time as a coach in this practice for several years while I was with the government. And so it was like this part of me that got really deeply nourished, but it didn't need to be all of me. So after I left the government, then I realized that there was something missing. It was a bigger journey than that, but I realized that the left brain needed to be a part of me as much as I was having fun with the intuitive, creative, mystical side, connecting with my intuition really deeply and connecting with my spiritual allies. I had to have the action orientation, get stuff done, person, that aspect of my personality as a part of the whole, otherwise it wasn't going to work. Um, so I would say it was also of the let go and be dragged variety, <laughs> and yeah. I figured it out. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting because, you know, you're a very soft-spoken person, mm. and I think um, we to hear that need for the action, mm. it kind of belies the softness of tone mm. that you have. It's like, but it's really strong in you, and, that, mm. and it's a strength. Yeah, it's, yeah. I've been in this space for a while, so I've had the opportunity for people to see me in this, what I would say is a very mystical and, and woo, I use woo for the unseen, the intangible, in a very woo way. And it's weird for me because they don't know. They don't know the Stephanie that was in Afghanistan. They don't know the Stephanie that was getting stuff done for a long time, um, doing very important things, doing secret, super secret squirrel things. And those are also a part of me. Right. I had a friend once who saw one of the bookshelves that I had that was a combination of leadership development materials and very woo-oriented books, and she said, I, I, I just don't know how you're in your own head. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't see how all that fits together. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. So you, I've heard you speak about like the soul of a business. Yeah. Can you speak about that more? Yeah, yeah. So as I've moved forward in my work and helped uh, I've helped women expand their business. I've also been able to sense the soul of a business and to help them connect with it. Okay, so what is the soul of a business? I believe that there is an essence energy to people's callings. And when we talk about like very practical things in the world, whether it's I'm working on my pitch for a workshop or something like that, what people are doing is they're tapping in in a very practical way to something that's very sacred and very holy, and it's a part of our purpose here. Um, and I'm intuitive, which it's been a long road to hoe to claim that, <laughs> let me tell you. Um, but I can sense people's calling, and in particular, I can sense when people are in alignment with what they're meant to, to do here in this world, and also um, when there are ways that more creativity and more expansion, um, more work wants to come through. So. I'll help people with their marketing in a very unique way because I'm able to see programs that want to happen through them as a creative conduit and channel. So it's kind of like a cohesive core energy essence that is a reflection of the really like deep nature of what people are meant to do, not in the sense of what they should be doing, but in the sense of what makes them so utterly joyfully happy to do. You know, it's not something that's a should. I, I would think that would be incredibly helpful for people because a lot of, let's say, entrepreneurs, and I th you work a lot with entrepreneurs, right? So, yeah, a lot of them are creative and they have lots of ideas and they get stumped about which one. 
Oh, like, what yes. direction should I go? Should it be this? I have so many different ideas because there are so many different possibilities. And to have someone help them identify what may be feel and help them find what feels like most in alignment would be super um, helpful in terms of saving time and energy. Oh, Whereas, yes. you know, <laughs> you, you may be putting your energy into a ton of different things. And if you go, oh, yes, that's right. I can just put my energy into this. Then they can, yeah. they can get so much more traction and leverage for their efforts. Yes, yes. There are parts of life that I think that are just inherently difficult. And most of business building does not have to be a part of it. I think it, there's incredible ease that we can find. Um, I also think that being in your calling and pursuing it is also going to help you heal in whatever parts that you need to be healed. It's going to teach you the lessons that you need to know to grow. Um, but yes, possibility is one of those wonderful things. It can be like this profound elixir, this incredible potion. And then if you add too much, it's toxic. Mm. <laughs> possibility is so good. And then until it's not. <laughs> and, then it's, um, uh, and then it is a mind killer, as they said in Dune. Yeah. The part that I really appreciate is being able to go back to the body and uh, just to create that distinction. Like I never thought that I would be able to feel truth in my body or be able to use my emotions and make what is ultimately a really high quality decision. I always disdained that and I had no idea the intuitive capacity that I had that was available to me once I surrendered to the notion that there might be some part of me that knew what was good for me. So. Um, for folks who haven't had that kind of experience with intuition, I would just want to create that space too. It's not about the millions of ways that you can be in business. It's about the way you want to be in business and also what you want to do. There's incredible power in that. And especially in contemporary society, we're dislocated from that like source of wisdom a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a part of what I'm called here to do, to mm -hmm. heal. Yeah, because break. there's so many gurus and you know, high-profile business owners who are teaching their way mm -hmm. of doing something, and they have a system, and they teach their system, and it's very compelling to follow along, but it may not be what you should be doing. Yeah, if you have a soapbox, I can get on that, <laughs> like, like a good five hours. Yeah, I totally, I think one of the things that is so painful about being in this place, I'm I'm so much in my own soul genius and it's so delicious, but one of the things that's so difficult about it is to see how many people are failing because they are trying to build somebody else's business and that is also toxic. Oh, yeah, it just... Well, it would be kind of like um, clutter, like acquiring a lot of clutter in your home mm -hmm. and then you end up not using it. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> I read books through osmosis. No harm, no foul. <laughs> yeah. So what are some of the, uh, so are you, what are some of the tools that you use to help people tune into intuition? Where would someone start? So, so every client that I bring into my practice, I have them establish a spiritual discipline. So this is going to sound simple, so stick with me because it's nuanced. I have my clients take five to 10 minutes every day, no more, and connect with their inner calm and clarity. Everyone is different in the format that works best for them. So the conduit could be journaling, or it could be taking a walk in the trees. 
Um, or it, if they're someone who's an overachieving person, it could be sitting with a cup of tea at their desk in the morning and just allowing themselves to be for 10 minutes. And the habit, habit hacking aspect of this is really important because what I find is that people will be open to connecting with this really deep like ocean of calm inside of themselves, which is really the intuition, it's their higher self, it's their guides, it's gods, whatever, however much they want to believe, you know, I'm, I'm good with that as long as they, they take it on. Um, but what I find is that people get stuck in the habit formation. So what is it that they want to do? And they think, oh, well, meditation means these three things. And I don't want to do that. And I can't do that. So that means that I'm not good at this and I'm not able to do it. Um, and so I've been able to create a lot of permission for people to do that. Um, so for folks who can't do meditation because they can't sit in stillness and be peaceful with themselves, but they can sit in nature and be really at home and feel wonderful, they're able to do that and it feels great. So it sounds really simple and like a lot of things that are simple, it's easy to do and it's also easy not to do. And it is an incredible force multiplier. So if you wanna improve your performance and also do business in a really juicy, delicious way, you need to connect and anchor in to your own energy and clarity and calm mm -hmm. five to 10 minutes every single day. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's, that sounds great. I, I have, you know, morning practices. Mm. I'm not consistent in the type of thing that I do because mm. I'm one of these people that likes to change things up. But it makes a huge difference if I give myself that space. And when the days that I feel like, oh, I'm too busy to do this, mm. it would have been better if I did it. <laughs> that for old sure. adage. And, yeah. and I feel like, you know, for me, it's also, you know, being in the process of, understanding like when you're in a learning process mm. and you're taking in a lot of information it takes a while to say actually that doesn't work for me mm. actually this doesn't work for me so like learning to find my inner authority mm -hmm. and to filter practices or business practices through myself and and say actually I I like that but I don't want this part of it mm -hmm. and so that you can make something of of what you see as the possibilities. And I, I actually personally am in the midst of one of those right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of like have my feelers out, like I, I want to find a solution that uses some aspect of, and um, it's just like how I package my services, mm -hmm. that I, I have something that in my mind, but I don't know how, what it looks like. Mm -hmm. like how it will actually work. So I have my mind open to my intuition mm -hmm. to see if something will come to me. So, yeah. yeah, oh gosh, that openness is so important. I know so many people that do themselves a disservice of saying it's not possible and then moving on when in fact their survey of the environment is incomplete. They don't know that it's not possible in a way that's really comprehensive and, and authoritative. They're just making a very broad assumption because it feels better for them to stay in their comfort zone. So that openness is absolutely a part of mastery, and I'm so glad you mentioned it because that is a tremendous quality that I see in business owners who really are expanding in powerful ways, and it's not present for people who are stuck in the mud Mm. That openness is essential. I love what you said. The survey of the environment is not complete. <laughs> that, that's a, a big piece for all of us to remember. 
you know, mm -hmm. when we, because we do make conclusions, oh, it can't be done, oh, mm -hmm. this isn't going to work, and no, let's investigate it more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just be open. There is, um, I believe on a spiritual level, that clarity is a part of the container that miracles come through, and just being able to articulate what you want, I think, and it doesn't have to be the method that it comes to you, it can just be how you want to feel, the circumstances that you want to have, not how to get you there are so important for being able to get guided to that place. And if you're not spiritual, you can just look at the way that the brain assimilates an incredibly large, diverse amount of information and the number of data points that our brain actually uses consciously. It's very tiny. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting, because we are processing a huge amount, mm -hmm. utilizing very little. Yeah, totally. So how how would we, would you say we, we could use more? Um, what, what's your antidote to that? I actually think it's a spiritual discipline. I, I do think that we can use more of our capacity and the spiritual discipline is an essential part of the anchoring practices to get you there because um, I think our guides are talking to us all the time and it's like a pitcher of water that's completely full if you want to add in information, which includes insight and illumination from your guides, if you're totally full, that information isn't going to have anywhere to go. Mm -hmm. And that's why the spiritual discipline is so important, being able to come up with something that feels really good and works for you. Um, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are also mothers who try and do this sort of thing at the very um, you know, like end of their day and they wind up tripping up because they have nothing left to give. They've given everything that they have to offer to everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, and then they're ready for bed and they're tired and that's when they try to work on their business and I just want to hold them and hug them and say, no, <laughs> you have to show yourself that this is a priority by starting, even if it means waking up 30 minutes earlier, which can be really hard, or 15 minutes or five, like mm -hmm. you have to start the day with you mm. um, and the energy that you wanna generate, as opposed to trying to squeak it out from you know, the end. tiny drops. <laughs> so mom, start your day with yourself. That's great. Yeah, now I want totally. to, um, mm -hmm. we just have a couple of minutes left, but I really wanna have you pull a card and it's just a word, okay. and we only have a minute, but okay. let's see what comes up. <laughs> it's kindness. Kindness. Oh, that makes me happy. Yeah. I, I think that kindness is a word that is incredibly underrated and underleveraged. Um, I'm thinking in particular the kindness that starts with the self, because there is more, I think, of a claiming of kindness in common spaces, in the collective, like we should be kind to one another, but I absolutely feel really strongly that the kindness that we have to offer other people is sourced inside of ourselves. We have to begin with ourselves being kind to ourselves so we can exercise that muscle, so we can be strong enough to give it to other people and also feel really good when we do. I love that that's a part of it. <laughs> that's so sweet, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Now, I know people would like to learn how they can find you online or do you have something to offer? Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Um, I came up with an opt-in to help people connect with the soul of their business. And that's uh, over at my website, which is mythicalenterprises.com. So mythical, like legendary, mythicalenterprises.com forward slash soul, S-O-U-L. 
and there are some questions that you can ask the soul of your business and there's also a guided visualization that you can use to journey and meet and make the energetic connection to the soul of your business and I'm really excited about that because I don't do that very often and I'm hoping that there's going to be a, a large number of people that will get to benefit and we can unlock some really juicy gifts. Oh, thank you so much, Steph. I just love talking to you about this confluence of your two strengths that you've brought together so beautifully. Thank you, my dear. It's been a pleasure. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And I also have a guided visualization for speaking confidence. If you have an opportunity to present coming up, I don't want you to dread it. I want you to feel at ease and relaxed. And you can get that at lindayugalo.com forward slash speaking confidence. And I look forward to having you join us on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.